All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Unqualified. Today, I have a very special guest that I've teased you with probably three times. She's a hard person to get an appointment with because she's so busy. So let me give you a little synopsis of who she is and what she does. So, Miss Tracy Alstead, did I say that correctly? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Is a mentally fitness consultant. A mental fitness consultant, a licensed professional counselor, a certified clinical trauma professional, and a board certified in bio and neurofeedback by the BCIA. Is that, did you say that as an acronym or you just say the letters? Yep, BCIA, which is um, the Biofeedback Certification International Alliance. Yep. And then uh, she's also the founder and CEO of two companies in Mooresville, North Carolina. New Mentality PC. It's an awesome facility. I can tell you that because I've been there myself. And Mental Fitness, or excuse me, Mental Edge Fitness Solutions, Inc. And that's what she does by day. I don't know what she does by night. So. <laughs> <laughs> also, she also, I forgot, she has a, a pretty good podcast. Um, it's, I always forget the name. It's Mental Fitness Matters. Is that correct? That's it. Okay. Yep, that's yeah. perfect. Mental Fitness Matters will have a little purple background and we'll have a picture of her and you can Google her name. There you go. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Destiny. Oh, I, I'm excited to have you. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you grew up, just kind of your, yeah. your background and stuff? Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm from the Raleigh, North Carolina area and I moved to uh, Mooresville, North Carolina in 2010. Um, no, actually, I moved to Mooresville in 2012. So just a little bit about my history background. I grew up with two parents, family of, we're a family of four. I have an older sister. Um, but I have always been just kind of growing up really into sports. I played um, several sports, but basketball really stuck with me. Uh, and I can remember growing up playing in the backyard with my dad, one-on-one all the time and I credit him a lot for just helping build a mindset around not giving up not quitting because we would be in the backyard playing ball he would always beat me um (laughs) I can remember running into the house crying upset (laughs) yep (laughs) he would just he would just beat me and he wouldn't he wouldn't um try to let me win he would always just help encourage me to say you know what it's okay if you if you you're not winning but what are we going to do about it so he was really instrumental just in mindset I believe kind of growing up when I look back now I'm just like wow it was training happening during that time when I would lose Mm -hmm. because when I would have to go in the house I had a choice I could stay in the house and be upset or I could come back outside and play ball and finish playing ball with my dad so I was I would always choose to come back outside and finish playing and after a while, I learned his moves. He would do the same little undercut, like little scoop shot or hit the hit a three from the corner. Like a man I could stuck learn. in his ways, you don't say. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. He never switched it up. He never switched it up. So I was like, okay, let me figure this thing out. So after a while, I was able to figure out what he was doing. And then I was able to stop him. So then I started winning. I started being able to come out and compete. And that really kind of just, I love basketball. So um, fortunately, I got a scholarship at Wake Forest University to play uh, basketball there in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And I was an all-ACC defender. And so what that means is just 
in that top conference, somebody who was on a specialized team recognized for their defense. And I would always credit my dad for that. I'm like, dad, you were training me back in the day to be an all ACC defender and you didn't even know it. (laughs) Um, So part of my upbringing in sports, but also just family, Um, have a love for my family. Mom, dad, just always talk to us about being kind and just love and go to church on Sundays, you know, just really raised us in a way that kindness and, and being good people was a big part of my foundation. Um, went off to college, played ball, got a scholarship for, for basketball. So that was a blessing because I didn't have to pay any type of student loans or student debt. So yeah, I'm so thankful for that. I, really I am, am too. I need you in my life. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> is this um, um, on your website? On your website, um, is this the picture of you playing basketball, or is that is that you? Oh, you know what? Which which uh, website are you on? Is it that is that Mental Edge or is that New Mentality? Um, it's, it's prob- just Tracy Allsaid.com. Oh, about- yes, yes. That's probably a picture of me playing ball on the Tracy Austin website. Yes. What are you number thirty-two? Is that right? Number 22. Uh, okay, yeah. I couldn't tell if that was a, a two or a three from this angle. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, I was also going to say that your, I feel like your upbringing had a huge part in your foundation. Yes. Yeah, some people don't have that, and, and some people have that, and they don't know how fortunate they are to have something like that either, so. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's something that I'm just uh, – wake up and I'm so thankful for every single day I actually lost my mom last year 2019 to pancreatic cancer you know and so um going through that whole and still dealing with that as a family but just family has always just been so important to myself and to my sister and we're just we're close so I do not take that for granted I'm so thankful yeah that's awesome so I'm I'm assuming um your first introduction to God was through your your family yeah. Um, growing up, my mom used to, every Sunday, we'd go to church. Um, I went to a church back home. Its name has changed now, but in Raleigh, it was Free Will Smith Baptist Church. And I remember it was probably when we were almost 12 or 13. It was a certain age at when she told us, she's like, okay, so on Sundays, I wake you guys up, get you guys ready to go. But there's going to come a certain time, a certain age that you're going to have to kind of have that same desire to go for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I really, my mom was really big into just showing us and leading us. And I remember just having conversations with her because my mom's very spiritual as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I would always ask, I'm like, mom, how do you know God's voice? You know, how do you know when you're praying and when you're, you know, doing things, how do you know God's voice? And she just always would tell me to have had to figure that one out for myself, just being able to ask God to show up in a way that I would be able to know and understand that I would be able to see and recognize the presence of God. And that was really helpful for me because that allowed me to develop a relationship that I could connect with in so many ways, which has opened me up in so many ways to see the love, the goodness, the beauty of God in all things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was very helpful for me early on because I was always someone who asked a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, and so instead of her just easily being able to say, this is how it's going to show up, this is how it's going to show up, she would always just encourage me to just say, you know what, seek God for yourself. That's, At, that's and amazing. It was, yeah, yeah. I've, that I mean, that's makes everything make sense now. <laughs> 
my heart's so it, warm. Your mom sounds amazing. No. Oh, she is such a beautiful spirit. And I think yeah. with that type of, with that type of understanding, being able to, how I can recognize her presence now, you mm -hmm. know, even though she's not here physically, but she shows up to me in so many ways just throughout my day, whether that's through a card or whether that's through a song, whether that's through a number, 1111. I mean, so I'm just able to <laughs> witness. It's amazing. That's and I think for teaching me that. that. Yeah. Well, my mom, it, my mom's been seeing, um, quadruple 11s, uh, after we did or right before we did, um, I did a interview with her, a little podcast episode with her, and right before we did it, she kept seeing that number and kept seeing it afterwards. So that's kind of wild that wow. we're talking about mom and daughter relationships, and the eleven is one of the numbers she's going to get a kick out of this. Yes, <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, that's what. I was wow, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's powerful. Yeah, guys, like, but you didn't see that one coming. Yep, <laughs> I find him very humorous. I don't know about you. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Every day, the way he shows up, it's just like, oh, thank you. Thank you. I'll see you. And you just have to laugh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, so your mom put that in your hands, um, of, you know, when, when you want to go. So when, do you remember what age you were? Like, was there a time you kind of want to do your own thing and then you decided that it was better or do you always stay within that or how'd that happen? I would say... I don't think there was a specific age that I can remember, but I can remember um, just growing up, just she was always just somewhere praying for us, praying over us, just being very vigilant in her own prayer life, you know, just around us and just always speaking with such gratitude. And if you hear my mom talk, she's always talking about being thankful or grateful or you know, just always mentioning just God's presence. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, as I got older and recognized, especially being away from home, when I got into college and then yeah. uh, grad school and really being out more on my own, that is really, I think, when um, my prayer life and my needing to feel like, oh my gosh, God, I need you right now more than ever show up. So I think probably when I got out of my, out of the house into college and more so in grad schools, when I really, my relationship in terms of understanding changed, I would say. Mm -hmm. Well, that kind of leads me into asking you, like, you know, what was some of the struggles you went through? And I'm assuming leaving the house, like all of us, was kind of a, yes. a new awakening. Like, hey, yes. here's life. This is what it's really like. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, when I was growing up, only thing I could focus on was basketball. So I was really one who I performed well academically, but I really didn't work as hard as I think I probably should have been working or could have been working. I spent more of my time training and practicing and playing. And I remember my mom would always also say, you know, make sure you spend as much time as you do in your in your sport as you in your books as well. And so I remember going to college. It was my junior. No, it was actually my sophomore year in college. Um, we were on a road trip. So anything about ACC basketball or just playing college ball in general, you always traveling, you always have games, you're always practicing. So that's just the yeah. nature of what we did. Um, I was on a road trip uh, my sophomore year, kind of doing what I normally do, kind of procrastinating. I would always kind of wait to the last minute to get my work done because I was spending more time doing basketball stuff. I just wanted to play ball. Well, there was one particular paper that was due. 
that I was finishing up on the bus on the way back to school. I turned in my paper, forgot to sort my sites, uh, the resources, Uh turned in my paper and my professor literally, after I turned that in, he called me and he's like, where are the, uh, the sources cited here? And I just went through and said, oh my gosh, I did this last minute. I forgot to sort. And I got suspended from school for a semester. Oh, man. So I you got couldn't play basketball school. anymore, could you? I couldn't. I oh. couldn't play basketball for a whole semester. Thank God for my parents, for my team, for my family, because as you can imagine, if somebody that's growing up and that's all they could think about mm-hmm. was playing ball. And then that one thing that you truly, genuinely love is removed in an instant. And that's really how I believe I think this whole mental fitness and the mental side of things came about for me, because that was just part of the call. That was part of the the process. It was necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was so evident during that time that God's presence was just with us. I remember we were going to the hearing at the school and my mom, we were walking into the to the building where the hearing was. And my mom found like a little it's just like a four leaf clover, but it was in the shape of a cross. Hmm. It was in the shape of a cross, and it was just so, so many moments like that leading up to that trial, but also throughout my time when I was suspended, that I just knew that everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to work out. I was able to get a trainer at NC State, so I was able to practice and still stay in shape, um, you know, for that semester. But when I went back to school, my whole mindset had changed. It wasn't just about basketball. Um, It allowed me time to kind of sit and reflect to recognize my other gifts, you know, in terms of academics. And I got back to school. I made the Dean's List at Wake Forest University. And I was an all ACC athlete. So, so many amazing things changed for me from that setback. Mm-hmm. That it allowed me to see not only is it important for us to be, you know, physically fit, but there's a mental fitness that you need to have to be able to withstand the challenges of life. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of sounds like that whole scenario kind of made you just reevaluate where your direction you were going. Yeah. Yeah, that pause, that that take a seat, you know, that step back, just really, it was life-changing. And so I would say that is probably one of the most um, instrumental moments in my life that I could say, wow, that was a huge setback that could have turned either way. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for God's grace and his angels and everything else that he put in my life, the foundation, it was already laid. Everything was just so purposeful and so divine. I was just like, my gosh, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's so many things, right? you know, you know me. <laughs> There's so many things <laughs> yeah. running through my head right now. I'm trying to choose which one to pick to talk. Yeah. To say next. <laughs> yes. You know. <laughs> All right. Pivotal moments. Okay. Yeah. So what I was trying to get at um, after you told us the whole basketball scenario, I feel like God wants what's best for us. And sometimes he has to take things away in order to be able to put us on the path that we want. I mean, that's with a lot of prayer requests. Like you pray for something and, you know, he's, you're doing, he's doing what's going to be best for you, but the way that's what's best for you, you don't think it's best for you. And then you're, you're upset about it and everything else, but there's yes. there's definitely, uh, like you were saying, divine purpose because I don't know if you ever got a chance to listen to my... Oh, these dogs. 
they make an eerie episode. <laughs> um, but I don't know if you got. A, <laughs> I don't know if you got a chance to listen to my um, first episode, my my story. But one of my many breaking points that I went over in life was my struggle with ADHD and the things that led up to my appointment with you was um, definitely a, a God thing. It was, I don't know if I ever told you, but basically you knew how stressed out I was before the event. I yeah. told you everything. And a day before something, I was at Lowe's and I didn't have like tears on my eyes or nothing. Like I didn't have bags over my eyes. I didn't look, I didn't sleep all night. Like I looked just normal. Right. And I'm yeah. walking to Lowe's to get whatever I need for work. But in my head, I am just like stressed, the most stressed out I've ever been in my life so far that I could remember. And I just happened to pass this guy rather quickly. And he was with this other guy. And somehow I just happened to glance and looked him straight in the eye. And he like moved over real fast and like kind of put his body in front of me. And he was like, hey, Jesus loves you. Be sure of it. And then he just kept walking. Wow. It was the weirdest thing ever. I got chills. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I walked off. I just kept walking. And I was just like, I wasn't walking slow. I wasn't walking fast. It was just normal walk. Knew exactly where I was going, what I was going to get. And then that happened. And I sit in my head. I'm like, I am not turning around because if that guy disappears, I'm going to lose it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had been listening to these podcasts about miracles and angels and all this stuff. So. And the, oh, wow, another wow. crazy part that will blow your mind is once I turned left to go down the aisle I was going to, I glanced back up just to just to see, you know, curiosity had me. And I look up and he's turning right down the aisle and he does like this military movement, but he does it in a funny way, which I was in the military and so I know the facing movements. And I used to cut up and like do them funny just because I thought it was funny. And he did that when he turned, and I was like, okay, that's just weird. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, so I don't think I ever got a chance to tell you that, but, yeah, that's one of the things that, that led up. So just the fact of how our stories intertwine and line up is is crazy. Yes, and just the fact that how he everything is working out for everyone, like, yeah. everything is working out the way it should for everyone. There are no accidents. That is so powerful. Speaking of, you know, like you just talked about God's humor, being able to connect with you in a way that he knew that you would see and recognize it mm -hmm. and that you would get it. That, that, that is, that's, that's powerful. Oh yeah. I went to Chick-fil-A to get lunch right after and this lady was singing in the bathroom and they're always playing Christian music, you know, in Chick-fil-A, but yeah. You never just go in the bathroom and people sing the entire time they're in there. And that happened like five minutes later. And it was just, <laughs> I was like, well, I guess it's going to be okay. Because <laughs> I was just, I was freaking out because, you know, with the neurofeedback, wow. like it's, it's like science. It's like you have yes. this or you don't have this. And I was like, yes. if I don't have this and I've been going through all of this, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> this is, I almost lost my job and now I don't even have it. Nothing's wrong with me. <laughs> you know, so it was, whew. Wow. 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 Oh, I got chills. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, it was something else. So that, I guess that was a, a hardship. Did you ever have any... Um, well, let's see. I don't really. Did you have any like physical hardships? Ever getting like crazy car accident or something like that? Or 
You know, no, nothing Not really. really physical, thankfully. Nothing really up outside of just normal ankle sprains and stitches and stuff like that from um, uh, playing ball, but nothing major in that way. Uh, I would, I think, really the biggest thing that I would say that I could say, my, that was really life changing, um, was just, you know, school. And then recently, you know, the passing of my mom, you know, just really kind of those types of things have been the biggest challenges that I could say, wow, this, that's, that's a big pivot. Um, That's a big pivot, but recognizing God's presence through it all, that even with her passing, you know, he healed her, you know, we were praying for healing. And a lot of times when you're praying for healing and asking for healing, it's really healing as, as it best relates to the person going through it, but also everybody else around. So we just saw him heal her and remove her from that physical body. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's just, she's now so present in the spirituals, which has been very powerful to just be a part of a witness. And I'm just thankful. It's really opened it up, opened up my eyes and opened up the doors really in a big way. That goes along with what I was saying. God doesn't necessarily answer our prayers like how we think he should, you know, Yes. I mean, he yes. knows, he knows what's best and I know I'm beating a dead horse, but I mean, I I think a lot of people have a tendency to put God in a in a box and the, yep. we can only perceive him and how we perceive life and and life and God, they're together but they're also separate. So you can't really I mean, it, you just have to take God out of that box or he's he's never going to be more to you I, I don't know if that really makes yeah. sense but it does yeah. it really does and I like how you just it's so true I think taking God out of a box and recognizing that God could show up in any way that we are op- most open and available to him that's why I'm so thankful that my mom and I didn't get a chance to tell her that piece of it that I'm recognizing now too that I'm so glad she said you know seek him just pray and ask God for him to show up in a way that you can understand yes. show up in a you can recognize him. She didn't try to put her terminology or her viewpoint on me with that. She just said, you seek him for yourself and he will begin to show up in ways that resonate with you. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like you just said, not putting him in a box, that allows to see his presence in so many ways that he's trying to get a hold of us. Yeah. And let us know that we're, I'm here. I'm not gone. I haven't gone anywhere. I'm here. And so whether that be through a song that comes on the radio or the numbers like we just talked about, or a butterfly, or just just anything. If we're open to that, mm-hmm. he shows up. Oh, yeah, for sure. I've had the number. I have numbers myself. My number is 118. Wow. I actually, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> And then wow. for, for a while, I started seeing Cardinals, and I was like, what is that about? And then, because yes. I heard about him, and then. I was like, no, I just have cardinals in my yard because I have, you know, some, a couple of trees and some land. That's why I'm seeing cardinals. And then I thought that, and then I stopped seeing them. And then when certain events were coming back up in my life and I was seeking God more and more, they would come up more. And, like, I saw <laughs> one in a dream. I would see, oh, my goodness. I got behind. Well, this is what happened. I remember now. So I stopped seeing the birds in my yard. Like mm-hmm. actual physical birds, but then I started seeing it other places. Like I said, like in a dream, I saw one. And then I went to go to work one day and I got behind this big semi truck. I was all upset because I was stuck behind a semi truck and it had a cardinal on it and it said cardinal. I was like, you got to be kidding me right now. 
<laughs> and that same day, that same day, probably a couple hours later, I had to go to Troutman. I got behind another truck and someone wrote on the back of the truck because it was dirty. They wrote, smile, Jesus loves you. And I was like, you got to oh. be kidding me right now. <laughs> Oh, I saw so another good. one like in Cracker Barrel. Like I happened to turn my head, and there's like this statue of a cardinal, and I was just, yeah, this is crazy. But yeah, if you're yes. not if you're not open to that, and you're not seeking, you're not gonna necessarily see that stuff. Right. You're too busy. Right. It literally puts him in a box in ways that he can show up for you. You know, it's like so, like you just said, if we take God out of a box, it allows us to be open in the many ways that He shows Himself every single moment. Um, he's always there. Mm-hmm. So, um, what about, so I know you had to, uh, I know some of the mental things you went through was, I mean, you know, going from a secure house to being on your own and, you know, the, the school thing. So that struggle with like having to start over, but was there any like particular thing you can think of that, re- that you struggled with in your, um, relationship with God? Like when it comes to. Uh, like doubt, um, forgiveness, or like being lonely or not trusting him? Uh, Do you ever struggle with like your worthiness? Stuff like that. Yeah. Just throwing some words out there. Yeah. um, I really don't think I've had a situation where I've, well, I've definitely had situations where it's been hard to trust him, especially when it was coming up with my mom and her being sick because it happened so quickly, mm-hmm. you know? And so we really were just in a place of, I think it was shock, you know, it was just shock to, for us to all feel like things were going well. And then all of a sudden you go to the doctor and you get a terminal diagnosis or illness. So I think that for me was a big part of having to see the good in what was going on because in our mind and in my head, mom still has, 30 more years, 40 more years, forever, right? Yeah. So <laughs> to realize that it was so much sure than any of us could ever imagine. I remember going through a period of time, just really initially, it didn't last long, but it was more like, how? Like, why? What What would be the purpose of this? So it was a brief questioning of, okay, if this is what the doctors are saying, that this is going to happen, and the whole time, of course, we're trusting and praying and still trusting and praying, but we're believing for something different, a different outcome. And so I think it was during that time for me being able to see that, like you just said, that healing and the way that God shows up might not always turn out in the way that we think it needs to happen, but it's always in the highest good of everyone involved. And it took me a little while to recognize that after the fact, because I think we were still in shock when she passed. Like, really? Like, what just mm-hmm. happened? Um, so I think that was a, a moment where I was like, wow, I was really cr- trying to question what what would be the good in this? What would be good in this? And it was a lot of good in that because my mom was healed in a way that only God could heal her. You know, it brought people and things a lot closer and really helped us really double down on our faith, you know? So I think that was a moment for me that was just like hard to understand why, why would this happen? Right. What would be good about this? Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't, thank, I wasn't angry at God. Cause I think, I think I realized after that my mom was so much better, you know, and that healing for her and the sickness in her body was able to be removed and we were able to, just see him show up through that process 
But I did question him. I did question, does it have to be this way, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's, he, it's not like he's like, no, don't question me. Like, he wants us. It's a, it's a relationship. Right. So it's like a, it's a two-way street. It's not a – a lot of people are – don't want anything to do with it because they don't like the list of rules, but it's not a list of rules. It's a – Right. Well, I want to follow you, and I want to be a better person, and you say that this is how I achieve that, so that's what, how and why I'm going to do this. And, and, you know, yeah. from there. Yeah. I kind of want to circle back to some other stuff, too. You were saying that you came to Mooresville in 2010? Yeah, moved to Mooresville in, it was actually 2012. I moved to Mooresville to open up um, New Mentality, actually. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. So how was, how was that? It was, was that good. Stressful? It was, it was, <laughs> it was definitely stressful, for sure, because I was actually transitioning from, I was um, living in the Hickory, North Carolina area because I went to grad school at Lenore Ryan University. Um, so I was in Hickory doing private practice and um, working at an agency in that area. And I was transitioning into this entrepreneurship world. Mm-hmm. So this was really when I had just got my board certification. I think I had been board certified biofeedback, neurofeedback for two years at that time. And so I was really transitioning into using that type of service and tool and technology for athletes and, and other people. So I was like, you know what? There was a lot of divine timing of things that happened. I was working with a couple clients in the Lake Norman area. Um, I was doing private practice in the Hickory area. So I was always up and down the road and business led me to Mooresville. I mean, it literally led me to Mooresville there had been a couple situations with some business partners that didn't turn out so well. So it was a perfect segue into me being able to start my own practice um, in Mooresville doing neurofeedback and counseling. And so that's how I got here. And that word new mentality for me, it really, as I came up with the name of my business, it symbolized so many things that was really going on in my life in terms of just having a new mentality, a new perspective, a new beginning mm-hmm. um, and stepping out on faith and just moving forward. And what I felt like I was being called to do, which was really more of not just uh, the traditional style of counseling, but looking at a t- alternative mental health as an option for people, because sometimes this one way or two or three ways is just not enough. You know? Yeah, yeah for sure. I think it's, I think with what you're doing too, I think it's a lot easier on the individual because it's like, especially I, I would also think with, um, most men's perspective as well, like they don't want to necessarily sit down and tell you everything, but they could have something to help them learn how to control their anxiety or depression or, you know, ADHD or OCD or all the stuff that it does. Um, yes. I think they're definitely, I mean, that's, it's definitely a lot faster. I would, I would assume than talking to someone for five years, sometimes you need both, but <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, and the timing that you came to, I know, um, I have some friends that used to drive up through here to go to Boone to go skiing from Georgia and they said there was nothing out here. So I don't know how populated it was in 2012, but I know that in the past, probably five or eight years it's it's definitely exploded so 
Yes. It, that was a lot of good timing on your part to be able to financially do that. Because it'd probably be a lot harder now. Absolutely. Exactly right. Because I remember, yeah, coming up 2012, it was really kind of like, what is this? Nobody had really heard of um, those things that we were doing mm-hmm. with neurofeedback. So, yeah, the timing was so perfect. So perfect. Yeah. Oh, I tell everyone. I say, I was just thinking when I was thinking about talking to you, I was like, man, this the the stuff she does is like second to the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, thank you. I would go that far, but I mean, yeah, it's 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 definitely. um, I was telling people too. I said I need to go back before I try to talk because I'm going to get it all messed up. I need a I need a good little booster session. (laughs) Don't give me a hard time. (laughs) Well, no, it's just it's definitely been something awesome. I'm so so thankful that I'm a part of the field because it really has been life-changing in so many ways when I see the continued ways to use this type of service because people can get real-time feedback on what's going on from their brain but also that there's something that we can begin to do about it you know yeah um so it's just it's rewarding all the way around yeah and I mean our our brain is a part of our process to achieve purpose through life so I mean it's very necessary to um be mentally fit like you're saying so could you uh, go over that? I know nothing about your, the other, what is the other company? Uh, Mental Mental Edge Fitness Solutions. Yeah, what is that? So Mental Edge, and so let me start. New Mentality is more clinical mental health. So we can treat things like ADD, anxiety, depression, ADHD, trauma, um, things like that without use of medication using neurofeedback and, and counseling. Mental Edge Fitness Solutions, I started that company in 2012. This is more of more of a mental fitness peak performance company. So this is really for anyone looking for a mental edge. This just really looking to say, you know what? I want my brain and I want my body to perform at the best possible ability that it can. So I use those same tools. I use brain mapping. I use neurofeedback. Uh, we also use our own mental edge yoga and mental edge meditation program for the complete approach. And the reason why I made this company is really because, like you said, I think some people might have a hard time when they're thinking about mental health. They automatically assume if they don't have a laundry list of symptoms going on that I don't need to take care of myself in that way. Yeah. Um, what I found when I was only had new mentality, I was still seeing a lot of business execs. I was seeing athletes. I was seeing professionals. And they would park literally across the street to walk into my office. And I'm like, what in the world is, what is it about? <laughs> like, come on. But it was so telling because it was like, wait, they didn't want to be associated with coming in to take care of their mental health. But now I can change the terminology, change the language, mental fitness, mental edge, and Ooh. people can see themselves in that platform for performance. You are so smart. So, <laughs> <laughs> so literally, so it just helps to remove the stigma because I really, my passion, my purpose is to really help put solutions into organizations, into people's uh, communities where we can take care of our whole self and recognize that like you said, the brain is something very important to help us be who we're called to be. So why aren't we taking care of it? We got to treat it. We got to train it. We got to position it to do what it's designed to do for us. So mental edge fitness is really more of a 
peak performance or mental fitness performance company. Um, and right now we're moving inside of Champion Sports Performance in Cornelius, where we're going to be a mental um, provider for them. They do speed and agility training for uh, youth and adult athletes and adults. And we're going to come in and provide the mental fitness side for that company. That's awesome. Yeah, you, you put a little sports behind that. Yeah. People are like, oh, I'm just trying to, you know, be a better just trying to be better. player. Right, so right. So makes them feel more comfortable in that aspect. Yes. All right. And so that I'm hoping as we're moving forward in that direction, I believe that's going to be another great platform for people to say, oh, my brain is really essential to everything that I think, everything that I feel, everything that I do. Let me go train and that we can really begin to help remove that stigma around mental health, mental illness and taking care of our, our mental side. Yeah, I have um, I have a, like a little segue I wanted to go into about the, the mind, but I'm so I'm going to try to hold on to that until the end. But I'm definitely going to come okay. back, back to this. And I was uh, I was trying to kind of inspire myself because I had did this outline, this outline originally for you a while ago. So. I was trying to listen to your, your podcast. Uh, what is it again? I keep, I always forget the podcast. Oh, Mental Fitness Matters. Yeah. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. I was listening to Mental Fitness Matters and kind of, I came across the Unstuck episode and I had listened to it before and then I wrote some notes that I had questions I wanted to ask on my phone and stuff like that. But one of the things that I noticed today that gave me like a, a huh moment was, um, and before recently, one of the, the Bible verses that, a lot of people know is is like when the Pharisees or the religious religious leaders ask Jesus what you know what's the greatest commandment and he says love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and all your mind so mm-hmm. mental fitness matters too because in order to follow Jesus and go into those steps those those follow his footsteps you have to mentally prepare yourself, which I was going to start going on and talking about what you were saying about deliberate practice, but we're going to, we're going to hold off on that and come back to it. Okay. So Perfect. That get you excited. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Perfect. But first I want to finish up about you before we ask all, go and all that stuff and ask you professional okay. questions and stuff like that. Um, so I know you said you lost your mother recently, so I'm assuming mm-hmm. that has that will kind of go along with some of um, some of the answer you would give. But um, what has changed in the past five to seven years? Like, what do you? How have you spiritually changed? Um, where you're at now, I think in a big way, in a big way, the last five to seven years, more so in the last probably four. Um, because I really have gotten into um, a deliberate practice of meditation along with my prayer and just being out in nature. So the whole piece about my mom putting into us early on, just being open to whatever way God kind of shows up in your life and being able to hear him for yourself um, through my practice of meditation, I've really, it, it's opened up my awareness in a way that's just been amazing um, in terms of I've always been a thinker. I've always been a dreamer. I've always been someone who asked a lot of questions um, just kind of growing up. And so in that, I'm able to recognize that I can hear and I can sense and I can feel 
differently, which has been really helpful and instrumental in my personal life, but also in my professional life, you know, taking my companies um, forward because I'm able to listen to that vision and try to put out um, whatever God's called me to do. I really, I, I open myself up every single day and just say, God, use me in whatever way you see fit, send me and I'll go. And starting off intentional and deliberate in that way, I just noticed that there's so many opportunities. There's so many opportunities and my ways that I've changed is because I've been more deliberate in working on myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I spend a lot of time on self-care, ensuring that I can be mentally, physically, emotionally as fit as possible and recognizing that that doesn't stop. It's an everyday journey. It's an everyday practice. So I'm very intentional about that. And I think um, that's been a big way that I've adjusted and changed over the last four or five years. It's just by saying, you know what? Self-care, literally, that is the most important thing. And it allows us to be best for how we're supposed to show up or how we do show up in the lives of the people that we have a chance to impact. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's very important to um, take care of yourself in a way so that you can help others because if and that, that's what, you know, a lot of people when they get married or they get in a, a relationship, they're not, they haven't completely worked out through things themselves. And so right. they add another person to that mix that's probably in the same boat or, you know, either way, then uh, this dog, <laughs> he's scratching the door to come back in. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> You can see how hard it was for me to do schoolwork in this house. <laughs> that was a mental thing in itself. I had a mental breakdown the first week. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, it was rough. That was after neurofeedback, too. That's how bad it was. <sighs> oh. All right. I have no idea what I was saying. It was going to be a good ending, too, and I don't. <laughs> um, you were just saying is like, you know, when people are not only relationship with self, but as we're getting into relationships in general, uh-huh. you know, depending on where you show up, you yes. could be not taking care of yourself. The other person you're with not taking care of themselves. I mean, you blend, blend the two together. And you got a tornado of things not going Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get at is because is we're called to to love others more than ourselves. Well, if we don't love ourselves, how are we going to love someone else? That's right. You know, and, and obviously that's a fine line in itself because I always stress how um, how selfish we as humans really are and some people don't kind of grasp that. So I, it's, it's a fine line, but I think... I want to say you need to know your worth and that you're beloved. Knowing that to help you get over the hurdles of life and to help yes. you help other people. Because that's ultimately what it's all about. That's it. That's it. And you're exactly right. That knowing your own self-worth, your self-value. Uh, one of the biggest things that I'm, I'm really on right now is that self-awareness piece because it's key. You know, we're so a lot of times unaware because we're so distracted by everything that's going on. So many voices, social media, the news, your friends, your family, so many people telling you what you think you should be doing or not be doing. And people can't hear from themselves. They can't. And that's why I think developing a practice of some sort that allows you to really 
get in tune with yourself, whether that's through prayer, whether that's through meditation, but specifically meditation, allowing you to really get into a place to quiet your mind so that you can hear from yourself. Because every one of us is called with a purpose on our life. And it can be easily clouded with the expectations of the world and even of your family. You know, people place their own expectations and desires upon you. And then when you feel like you haven't met those, it becomes this self-defeating process. And so self-awareness is huge in terms of starting that journey of self-love and self-care. Yeah, I can I can relate to that probably probably recently um, just because the whole um, I feel like the whole American dream thing that we have established in this country has really torn people in a way because they're seeking and it's just another thing we're seeking besides God I mean it's part of life us trying to choose God over what we want for ourselves but a lot of people put their identity into this social economy that we've built this social thing of well if I don't make this much money then I'm not as good as this person and I'm not worthy of this or that and it's just you know and and a lot of people when they introduce themselves uh, it's not it's not like hey how are you doing how's your relationship with God or or how's your you know how many brothers and sisters you have like some when you first meet someone especially when you get older the first thing that comes out is like well what do you do what's your job yes and so that puts so much pressure on everybody i mean there's people that you know that are very successful like i mean yourself and i'm sure sometimes there is there's times in your life where you felt like you weren't doing enough even though you were already doing absolutely a lot but it doesn't it doesn't matter as long as you're following that that path that your purpose that's how you need to identify yourself through Christ is because that's the only thing that is actually going to fill the void in your heart that hole in your heart that you're constantly trying to fill so when that's you right. put your identity in your career which us as America as Americans I'm sure in other countries too I mean the suicide right uh, the suicide rate in you know the Asian countries like China and stuff and in Korea, trying to live up to these expectations and these careers as their identity and their success has completely just torn up our our image of ourselves. Absolutely, there's a whole message right there. Oh yeah, I, every time I, mean, I think that's... of something to tell someone else, it's because I've gone through it. So I know <laughs> it's like yes. you know they say practice what you preach. It's like no, I've practiced and then I preached it because I <laughs> had to learn it. Yes. <laughs> yes uh, yeah that, that's kind of a recent thing I remember just writing a, a note in my phone was like I like typed out success or being successful and then I put like a dash and I said I need to be okay with being okay kind yes, of like how be you're okay with being okay yeah how you're saying how your mom kind of raised raised y'all are y'all are aware of the gratitude she had in life and that had a huge impact mm-hmm. on you and then, I mean, I'm sure just her mindset every day being grateful, that's a new thing people are doing is writing things down, you know, a list of what they're grateful for every day. And it, it really can completely alter your, your way of thinking and how you handle situations. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's powerful. 
All right, so the last thing about you, and then we're going to, at least your personal life, then I'm going to ask some kind of professional, your professional opinion on some stuff. But so that's kind of where you were the last four to, you said about four years you were learning. Yeah, Um, yeah. I I think my my biggest change I've seen, I mean, it's really been over the last, you know, uh, four to five years has been in in just, um, kind of how I show up for self, mm-hmm. which has really helped transform me in a different way in terms of growth and maturity and just um, appreciation. So what is God teaching you currently? Is there anything currently you've been going through the past month, week? Some... Yeah, I think God is teaching me currently. I like that question. What does God keep teaching you currently? I think God is teaching me currently just to be be okay with really that the the only thing that matters is your true happiness. <laughs> I mean, are you happy? I mean, I think that's a question that comes up. Anything that I do, anything that I'm a part of, anything that I uh, connect with, uh, before I say yes, or before I do it, it's just, am I going to feel good in doing it in a sense of, is this something that feeds me in a way that allows me to be happy? Because remember, as you're, how you feel is going to be what you put out. Mm-hmm. And so really being um, intentional about seeking and, and the happiness. Um, so I think he's just teaching me to trust the process, just enjoy the journey. There's no finish line that you're having to reach or get to. If you're enjoying what you're doing along the way, there's just so many continued rewards that will show up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the the part, the place I am right now in terms of what's the message that I'm getting is just continue to enjoy this, this beautiful thing called life. Get out and see the world. Look at nature. There's so many things to be, um, we can get excited about, Mm -hmm. even in the midst of all that's going on, you know, you can get outside and see something beautiful and it can make you smile. Yeah. And so. Well, I I I also think that, um, when you when you were describing the happiness to me, I, I feel like that sounds more as in choosing joy because you know you're never gonna know. Yes, you're not gonna know what life's gonna throw at you. You don't know the cards in your hand, basically. And even when the cards aren't good, you still have to be intentional, like you said, and choose joy. Like when you get you know your shot of dopamine from whatever situation and you're happy for that second, that eventually dies down, and you crave more, and you crave more, but when you have joy and happiness, or I feel uh, uh, really different, and when you get joy, it's it's completely different, and I think from my experience, and what I'm trying to tell the, the world, uh, I've only had joy is when I, when I put my, my trust in God, and Yes. I've tried I've tried other stuff. I have doubted God's existence before for like just the questioning like you were saying and then yeah. I, I I was seeking and then I found answers and now I'm finding more answers than I thought even fathomable like in the naturalistic world and I'm just like this is crazy. And you know the gospel it translates to good news and that's that's the good news is you can be joyful knowing that even though you're going to mess up, even though things aren't going to be perfect, God came down and paid your wager so that you could 
be with his holiness. That's, I mean, that's, that's why life's so hard. And that's why is, is just on earth. You're not completely separated from his love, but you're not with him. So you're always, you're always searching for something. And I don't know if you've noticed, but everyone, I've said this on like every episode, but everyone wants to be loved and everyone wants to be accepted. And I yes. think so I think people need to ask the question, why is that? Because mm-hmm. that will ultimately lead you to a higher purpose and lead you to God. Absolutely. And then when we realize that 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 we're all connected to that same source, we're all connected to the same God. We're all connected to God. So that God is love. Mm-hmm. You know, so as you're talking about we're seeking for love and acceptance, it's exactly right. And a lot of times when that's missing, it's an emptiness because we're not even sure how to love ourselves. Mm-hmm. And once we really fully do that, we're really becoming more enmeshed with God's love. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's go into the, the second part. Some of your professional views, which I'm sure are with a lot of your answers anyway, just because you're, you're book smart and you know all the, you just know this stuff. So you have these, <laughs> You can't just like say something without thinking about it. I don't know. I'm probably gonna edit that. Yeah, true. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay. All right. So anyway, um, one of the questions I I was curious to ask you was if um, so you know I'm sure you've heard because you work in the mental fitness field. Um, the newer generation, the younger are struggling it seems like more than ever with depression and anxiety those are the big ones yeah um i i wonder i was wondering if you think that act like the amount of dopamine that we're taking in every day affects that's why the numbers in the younger generation is so high because like with the social media and just going through your phone every time you don't feel, you know, the best, you literally just pull up a, a cat falling off a couch or whatever. And then you, you <laughs> laugh and then you get that shot of dopamine. And then what do you think that's a thing or. I definitely think that's a thing. And I definitely think um, it has an impact. And I, and I think you're right. I think as we're looking at, um, the access. And I, I love technology. I think technology is, I don't think technology is bad. I think anything that's done in excess can be good or bad, mm-hmm. right? So I think yeah. technology has allowed so many opportunities and I'm so glad our youth and our people are on it because they're going to be able to create and change uh, the world from that perspective. But again, things without balance can um, really have a, a negative impact on our overall social and emotional well-being. And so I think there's a combination of things going on. I think as our youth are growing up into this more technology-based world, but also as people are getting more busy and checked out, again, I think Mm self-awareness, self-esteem, self-value, self-confidence. I think people are getting messages all the time. And if our youth aren't getting a healthy dose of understanding of who they are, in their home, in their community, uh, from themselves, they're gonna have a hard time deciphering through when somebody makes a negative comment on their post that they post on social media. So I don't think social media is the problem. I think the problem is we're not self-aware, we're not confident, we're lacking in these things. Um, 
and empathy. You know, people are being mean because they feel bad about themselves. So I think social media is just a platform and a tool that's being used. But I think it really has to start with what are people saying to themselves? How are they talking to their children about who they are? Like you said, are we just asking people, what do you do? How much do you make? What do you want to be when you go to school? What are you going to study? Like, how about how are you? Are you happy? How's life treating you? How are you handling some your friendships and your relationships? You know, what's important to you? I just I just think we're just missing the boat in so many ways in terms of uh, our developing youth that they're fixated on things that are just not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one thing that really is, you have to be OK with you, because when all else fails, you are who you are and you're going to be the one to make a change and a difference in your life. Um, then I think I kind of jumped off the the subject there, but I, I do think there's a lot of reasons why uh, we're seeing an ex- es- escalation in depression and anxiety. I think our kids just don't know how to be okay being them. Mm-hmm. And so that's bringing up a lot of trouble. Uh, this reminds me of um, one of the things you were talking about on your podcast. It was, uh, it was a quote from your dad, what your dad used to say, um, practice makes progress oh yes instead of practice makes perfection or practice makes yes yes you want to you want to elaborate on that one for us yeah he he, he's he's such a uh, i'm so thankful for my parents i really am because he he's such a positive guy um if you meet my dad he's kind of always got a smile on his face and he's just it's a positive guy but he's always just talked about you know we don't have to get everything right it's just it's just progress not perfection you know and practice does make progress so he's always taught us in a way that it's not about having to be the best even when I was playing ball growing up he always told me when it's not when it's not fun anymore you know if it's not fun anymore we can do something else it was so I never felt like I had to play sports or do this certain thing um there was really a conversation around are are you having fun is it fun to you you know, and so that helped me in a lot of ways, because when I didn't want to run track because I wasn't having fun or did it was able to, you know, if you're having fun with it, great. You're not going to always have a good time. But is this something that you want to do? Mm-hmm. And so I think that removes some of that pressure about everything having to be right or perfect. It's about making small gains and making progress in the right direction for you. Yeah. Um. And I think nowadays our kids are growing up with so many milestones of you got to be in college by this age. You need to have a house by this age. You need to have your first kid by that age. It's yeah. Just... yeah, definitely. And when that age comes and it's not here, then they feel like they <laughs> failed. <laughs> I know a lot of people struggling with that one. Yes. Like we feel it's like funny. failures. We put, this, we put this false pressure on ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've made up everything that, you know. For the most part, I mean everything, every material thing, we've made up right. our economy and how it works. We've made up the social ladder, we've made yes. it all up. But in, in God's eyes, we're we're all equal and we're the same. We're all equal, all the same, and we're right on time because yeah. He's right on time. You're okay where you are right now. Yeah, there's nothing that you're in the part of that is has to be final. Definitely, all good. It's all able to move, adjust, and change and flow. But where are we in the middle of it? Are we standing around thinking that we can't, or are we recognizing that God can? 
So yeah, I think there's just a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of leads me into um, forgiveness was a topic, a topic that I wanted to go over. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people with trying to be perfect, they have a problem with forgiving themselves when they're far from it or if they're they're just not achieving what they want to achieve, whatever that is. So they have a hard time forgiving themselves. I was wondering, do you think that um, that has an, an effect on forgiving others? If you if you can't forgive yourself, does that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think, again, it goes back to, as we were talking about, um, the importance of self-care and knowing who we are, knowing what we need and want. Because I think, yes, you're right. If we can't forgive ourselves, we're holding other people to expectations that they might not be able to meet for us either. Right. And mm-hmm. so forgiveness is about an expectation that we've set or yeah. set that we haven't met or aren't meeting. And so we continue to um, dance around in that energy. And so I, I think it's very hard for if we're not forgiving of ourselves, how are you going to forgive somebody else? Um, because there's an expectation that you have. Yeah. And I think that the reality is, is that placing expectations on people and even of yourself, you, allowing yourself to be human, allowing yourself um, to go through the challenges and the ups and downs of life. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, we are, we're just in this world where we are just so hard on ourselves and hard on other people. It's just making people sick. Yeah, I, um, I'm very thankful that I I kind of learned that lesson you were talking about about expectations on other people and on yourself because I would I would place high expectations on other people because I placed them on myself unknowingly and that's how those those connected and that that's just a stressful way to live. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, another thing though with forgiving yourself and forgiving others, obviously there's some really evil things that happen in the world. There's some really bad things that happen like trauma. And I don't want to go over a bunch of examples cause I'm not trying to trigger anyone, but you know, there's, so when you're trying to forgive someone and they have done you wrong or there's a trauma from that, whatever the trauma is, where do you, where do you see the, the line of forgiving and also setting necessary boundaries, but doing it in a way that it's not because you're, I don't know, it's, it's tricky to kind of get what I'm saying because I want I want you to go over like boundaries and mm-hmm. forgiving someone that has caused you trauma in your life. But also I want to also keep in perspective and remember of who we're called to be and how we're supposed to forgive. And it's, it's a tall order and it's really hard, but when it comes down to it, ultimate love is what we're trying to achieve as in our purpose and trying right. to learn that. So what do you think on that? Right. So I hear a couple of things in that. So number one, in terms of boundaries, I think boundaries are really important. You know, I think all boundaries 
um, when we think about communicating what we need, right? So I think about as we're setting boundaries, whatever those boundaries may be, um, whether that's in a personal relationship, whether that's in a relationship with a coworker or a boss, or whether that's with friends, I think it's important to establish healthy boundaries for ourselves um, because that number one helps create a healthy relationship with ourselves, but also a healthy relationship with others. Um, and I think that can kind of tie into the forgiveness piece. And were you asking there? Tell me that forgiveness question again as you're saying that. Um, what What does forgiveness look like when you get to a point where you feel that it's necessary to set up boundaries? Is there is there ever got it? Is there ever a way where you can get past having to set up those boundaries. Obviously it's a two way street and both people mm -hmm. need to, you know, come together in that moment. But as the individual, how do you get to that? that point? I think it's a great question. And I think it, definitely a two way street, but I do think especially for the individual who's needing to feel like they have to set a boundary because um, they have been the ones that have, you know, kind of felt hurt or felt betrayed or felt like, something has happened. So let's say the person with that's experienced something that they're forgiving somebody for, they should be able to be okay. And that takes time and takes work too, because it may be somebody that's a family member that you're having to do this with somebody that's very close to you that you're having to do this with. Um, but having to get to a point for your own emotional and mental health to say, you know what, if I am doing this for you, if I'm only kind of in this relationship right now because it's making you happy and making you feel better about yourself or a situation, then that is the wrong reason, I think, to, to act. Mm -hmm. Because what needs to happen for that individual to fully forgive and to heal is they're going to have to do what allows them to feel comfortable. And it may be very uncomfortable to do that thing meaning setting that boundary or not answering that phone call or not being able to show up every week like you've been showing up. But I think you have to first get to a place for yourself to say, you know what, it's okay to feel how I feel right now. And even though this individual may want me talking to them or we think we need to talk it through or process or you being able to say, no, not right now, because I know for me, I need space. I need time. I need to process on my own. Mm -hmm. And then coming back to the table to do if, if, if then coming back to the table to do um, what's going to be best for that relationship. But I think people giving themselves permission to say no, people giving themselves permission to, you're not going to always make other people happy. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to be able to kind of let yourself say, I need a break. Not today. I'll call back next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it takes because, people a second second to get to yeah. that point too. Yeah. Because it's everything else is kind of guilt driven and shame driven and all this other stuff that's driving you to make the choice or the action. Mm -hmm. And if your decisions are coming out of guilt or shame or from that place, then I think it's okay to assess, wait, am I making this decision because I'm feeling guilty because this person wants me to talk to them? Or am I, am I making this decision because I feel like I'm strong enough to talk to this person right now and that not have an impact on my mental or emotional health, that I can still be me in mm -hmm. doing so? 
yeah, that's that sounds like two separate, um, completely separate categories in order to make a decision. I think that, you know, knowing which state you're in really helps you choose on how to move forward and how to progress. Yes. Yes. Yeah, with um, with me and my upbringing, I had a, there was a lot of, I guess with my foundation too, there's a lot of, um, and I didn't realize how much of an impact it would be until later, but my dad would always say, just let it go, just say sorry. Even if you don't think you did anything, just do it. And I hated it. But yeah, but within that, it has. I think it's allowed me to place myself in other people's shoes and kind of get their perspective of why mm-hmm. that would be important and why that forgiveness is important. And then ultimately, at the end of the day, it helps me and it helps me become stronger and builds my character and sets me up for other life problems yes yes and kind of puts you in the driver's seat you know yeah yeah for sure and i'm i've just gotten to a point in my life where i'm i really just want to share the joy that i found and that i have and if i'm not living out by what i believe to be true in my perspective and my worldview of things through you know a whole lifetime of getting to this point and actually researching what I believe and going through everything um I don't know where I was going with this (laughs) (laughs) no worries I gotta go back I've been spending money on my hair instead of my brain Hey, self-care is important. Self-care yeah. is important. <laughs> uh, I got so excited for this, I didn't prepare enough. <laughs> no problem. Even though I prepared more, but you're intimidating, so, you know. <laughs> no, not at all. No. no. I was just trying to say, with, but basically, I'm just, I'm just trying to get to a point where I understand that I have joy and I understand where it came from and there's no doubt in my mind now where it came from and I'm trying to give that to other people because that has been taken from people and they don't even know it because they're so busy and they're not sitting down and reflecting and they're not seeing how they got from point A to point B. Like I yes. I, I don't I don't believe in coincidences, not the big ones. That's right. Nope. Nope. I'm with you on that. I, I'm with you on that. And I'm, I'm loving what you're doing. And I'm so glad that you have this platform and your podcast that you're starting and that you're doing because it's so, so true there. I don't believe in coincidences either. I think a coincidence or just, well, they're just incidences that coincide, but the reality is everything is so divine and so perfect in its timing. I, I just truly believe that. And I think the more we can share that message, especially to our youth, because when we think about, and our older people and our adults who are still um, hashing through and going through traumas and, and hurts and pains to recognize that all of these things that we're going to experience in life, just keep going. Just keep going. I promise you it will it will work out. Things will work out. Um, and I think it's an important message to give because there's so much of an increase in suicide and mm-hmm. and just depression and things that are happening that are final. And yeah. There with God, nothing's final. It's just not. 
Yeah. Um, we have more that we're called to do, and there's an impact and a purpose for all of us. We got to keep going. Yeah, I feel I feel like um, a lot of the times when I do episodes, I feel like I'm I'm fighting a, a cancel culture is the new term I guess they call it with just all the bad things that Christians have had their hands in through the years has really made an impact on how people view Christianity and it's I'm here to tell people that it's people that are messed up it's the message is still genuine and that's that's what my mom was saying in, in her episode and it's it's so true but I mean people are um, I was going over some psychology terms and trying to go, I was going to do a bonus episode this week, but it, I haven't been able to edit it. It's too long, <laughs> but I came across <laughs> the, the word intentional blindness and just like, oh. you know, like you're a se- selective attention, your intentional blindness, your, what is it in the, the one about not changing how you think just because of what you're choosing to focus on. Yes. Um, I was thinking about how that that blindness really, the blindness of you're choosing to focus on what people are doing wrong in this group of people, but it doesn't matter what group of people you look at, everyone's doing it wrong. That's just right. part of it. And right. you're blind to the actual message and the, the actual forgiveness that you truly have and can receive. It's like someone's, I mean, if someone wrote you a check for $100,000 and they said, here you go, and all you had to do was grab the check. Yep. Why wouldn't you take that? Why wouldn't right. you look into it? Why wouldn't you sign it and take it to the bank and see if it's real? Right. Yeah. So I'm just yeah. I'm, that's one of my biggest goals is is to get the stigma out of Jesus because it's in America it's there and so true. And you know, I, I oh, there's so many things. Um Yeah. I, I also think me and uh, my husband went to church Sunday and we just had this and we were talking about it before we even went to the service. And I was talking about how I listened to a podcast and they were talking about it and I had already been thinking about it, of how people are mixing in Christianity with nationalism and how that is showing a a bad side of Christianity because when it comes down to it, that is a form of, of idolism. That's right. And that's another way for people to look at Christians and then get that blindness, and we're affecting that. We're making them blind to the message because we're not doing what we say we believe. And obviously, you're not going to, you know, we're not trying to be perfect, but we're just trying to show that we care. Absolutely. And so I, Absolutely. I think that's, I think there's a lot of that. I think there's a lot of, I mean, there always has been. Even when Jesus walked the earth, there was corruption in the church. So it's nothing new, but I feel like, we were so in that church service we were focusing on focusing on praying for the election obviously because it's coming up and i'm not trying to get political but i'm just saying that's what we were doing oh no yeah but there was yeah. so much passion behind those prayers but then mm-hmm. when we mentioned how the chinese our chinese christian brother and sisters are 
getting persecuted for their beliefs. They can't have a picture of Jesus in their house or they're not getting help from the government to help feed them. They can't have a Bible, all this stuff. We're not praying with that same kind of intentionality. We're not praying with that same kind of passion as we are when it comes to ourself and our security and our country. And That's I, right. And I and Christianity is is more than that. And that we I mean that's just something else that someone's going to look at this and be like you know like the president saying something under God and this and that and then then he says I don't know, I'm not trying to get into the political thing, but I'm just saying like people are just you can't look at people. You have to That's look right. at the message. And the message, we are called to love God. And the message, we are called not to have idols. And so when we use the religion of Christianity to help us in political ways, and we're praying selfishly instead mm-hmm. of having the same passion and the same empathy for other places, we're, we're really doing it wrong. We're do- exactly. So exactly. I'm, I just I just want to get the genuine message out there because when you know the genuine message, then you have the genuine joy that I'm talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's so necessary in everything that we're we're talking about. Like you were talking about being put in a box. I think you're so right. There's so many words that have so much charge behind them. As soon as people hear that word or hear that association or hear that example. Uh, they turn the TV off or they turn their ears, you know, so it's just mm-hmm. there's so much around uh, certain issues, especially when it comes to Christianity and Jesus and God and source or energy or whatever people may call, whatever they're calling. People can't hear the message because they're blocked into this way of thinking instead of being able to say, OK, where is the genuine and our authentic um, actions? How are we how are we showing up? Mm-hmm. Right. How are we showing? And we all have a responsibility in that because no matter what, we're all somehow placed in some type of group or party or wherever we are. But what are we doing self-wise in terms of how are we showing up in these communities? How are we showing up in these messages? What is our role in that? You know, mm-hmm. and speaking that truth. Yeah, and I, th- I think a good thing, a good way to start is with stuff you're familiar with. So. Yep. Yep. Your mind, you're somewhat familiar with how you think if you take a moment and reflect. So like you were saying with a deliberate practice and I mean there's just like I said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. So when you're doing something, make sure you yes. have the right your heart set in the right for with compassion and not jealousy mm-hmm. and not revenge. When you're deciding, you know, like, for example, what boundaries to set up or just trying to put your, your heart in a, in a certain place and yeah. then trying to put your mind in a certain place so you're not always thinking negative and then your body. I mean, it's just, it's this, it's this whole thing. I don't know. There's so much that I can't explain. And that's why this podcast is called Unqualified. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. That was it's one perfect. of those coincidence things, by the way. Just wow. everything, even the uh, the background picture I have. I had to do that for school, and it just happened to be perfect. And I was like, oh, this looks like a little 
scientist thing and he's unqualified so let me make this the slap this on as a picture and it was perfect because of the <laughs> graphics and everything else it's just worked out <laughs> of course it did you know that's that's the best of course it did <laughs> so i want to say something real quick because i wrote all this down so i feel like i want to at least get it on the recording oh, that, yeah. that stuck for the people that just feel stuck you uh had an acronym i think it was sos because it was stop observe and shift yes um but before that you said if you create everything like being deliberate and making a mindset and you choose to do that right now and you're practicing or you're training for something and you're doing that because that's that's how our brain operates basically so the the sos thing like you were saying like stop observe and shift you don't want to go over that mm-hmm. real quick because i want to tie in a spiritual into that that i came up with that was like a uh-huh moment for me yeah yes I, um that really just came up in a process of how many times we get stuck you know or we feel like we're stuck or we feel like there's nothing moving or nothing working or what's the point of this and it just it was a symbolism that I used when I was spending time with my family for that weekend and I was watching my niece's hamster running that ball Mm -hmm. um, and the hamster had gotten stuck on from going from the hardwood to a car to the carpet and literally as she was pushing herself in the ball she came up against that that place in the carpet where she was trying to come mm-hmm. over the hump and she she didn't realize that all she had to do was kind of stop and turn around so over time she was just pushing against the ball pushing against the ball pushing against the ball and then she stopped and after she stopped you could see her turn herself around turn the ball around go in a different direction pick up speed and then she came back over that hump and cleared it and over time she just kept doing it over and over again and it just really put in perspective as I saw that visual how many times in our own lives are we pushing up against something that isn't moving that hasn't moved in years or hasn't moved in months or hasn't moved in weeks but we're pushing against this same thing with that same energy and if we could just stop for a second give ourselves permission to just stop pause observe how this thing that we're pushing against is make is it how do we feel as we're doing that? What are we, what's going on? Are there any other avenues in which we can start to make movement? Because really everything is energy and momentum. And if we are pushing in something that's not moving, if we could pause and turn another direction. So let's say you're working on writing a book. And every time you sit down to write that book, there is a mental block that comes up over you and you can't get anything out and you're getting frustrated. And now you're thinking about, Maybe I should never write this book in the first place. I don't need to write the book. Maybe if we just put the book down, what if you just went outside and went to the park and took a couple laps around the track and you started to feel the breeze on your face, you see the birds chirping, you see a butterfly, and you get inspired from another direction that gives you an idea about something completely different, but gives you a tie-in on what you can do for this book. So the whole acronym of STOP is STOP. I mean, SOS is stop, observe, and shift. So stop pushing against whatever you're stuck on. Observe another way or another outlet that you can kind of use that energy to get movement in another direction and shift your energy and focus onto that, which is going to allow that other piece that you're stuck on to open up. 
you may be stuck because you've exerted all of your time and your energy and resources there. And maybe there's nothing else to do there for now. Mm-hmm. Be patient and know that it's going to work out. Just change your focus a little bit, shift your focus. So that's kind of what that was about. It's really being able to give yourself permission to stop beating against a door that's not opening, shift your focus onto something else and allow that door to, to reopen on its own. And it will. Yeah. If it's supposed sure. to. On that you note, know? I'm going to go take a lap <laughs> and come back so I can answer the, uh, ask you questions that I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That did help inspire me to remember what I was, uh, what I was thinking of. Um, is with the the intentionalness is, and the so I mean, would you agree that we're creatures of habit? First off. Absolutely. Okay. Guys, this is an educated woman <laughs> saying yeah. that we are creatures of habit. We are. Therefore, our intentions and the deliberate practice is crucial. And I remember when you were explaining deliberate practice, you were talking about shooting a basketball. So say you're practicing free throws that day. Mm-hmm. If you just shoot and you don't set like a goal or like have a mindset of, you know, you said, I want to make 25 out of 30 and you just shoot, but you don't keep track of your progress. It's not intentional. Mm-hmm. You're just shooting a basketball and hoping muscle memory is going to happen. But if you really focus on your stance and how your hands are on the ball and the arc you take when you push your hands up, you know, and and the distance and everything, and you calculate all that in, it's more deliberate. And since we're creatures of habit, that becomes a new habit. And I can say that that is very true in the spiritual world too, because when I started this podcast, I got in a mindset of, I have to seek God every day or this podcast is not going to work because I have to know the people that I need to ask to give me their testimonies. I have to, I mean, I have to pray about that in advance. Mm -hmm. I have to listen to it. I have to know what should I edit out? What should I keep? And if I have a bad day, then I still have to do a, feel good, joyful, spiritual podcast. So like I have to seek God because if I choose not to that day, then that's going to suffer. And I feel like everything has led me up to this point and I'm really focused on what I'm doing because I've had an extreme amount of time to reflect from the jobs that I had, the going to school and driving back and forth, like an extreme amount to myself being able to reflect and it's got me to this point. And it's got me to this point of being intentional, like you're saying. And I was listening to you say that, and I thought it was the funniest thing how our brains and our anatomy, the science, actually lines up with God's teachings. Yes. And I say that because we're created in a certain way, so we choose to be intentional and god says that we have we can choose him or we cannot what is it i can't think of the terminology we have a and something to do with will your yeah like we do have that free will free will that's yeah what i'm thinking of yeah yeah so i mean 
he says that we have free will to seek him or follow our own pleasures in life. And our brain is designed to be intentional and to choose how you want to think. Mm-hmm. And that, I think it's, uh, I think it's not a coincidence on how that lines together is basically what I'm getting at. And it's, and it goes in line with, I think that training piece is so important because as we think about absolutely right, our, our neurochemistry, the, how the brain is developed and how everything is designed, we are created specifically in an image and a purpose, right? And so that training, there is even the Bible verse about train the child up in the way that he should go. Um, when mm-hmm. we think about those things, it all goes back to training. And if we are training, if we're training, number one, if there's something that we forget and we haven't done in a while, you start to practice it again. And I'm guarantee you, you'll remember your brain will remember it. Know, it knows what to do. It just knows what to do, you know? And so having mm-hmm. that piece where we're intentional about what we're feeding ourselves, not only from a nutritional standpoint, but from an educational standpoint, what are we reading? What are we listening to? What are we watching? You know, all of these things are training us in a way it's training our mindset. It's training us on how we behave and act. So it is, it's all training and it's all important, you know? Yeah. I found it a lot easier to have self-control when I intentionally try to have self-control. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's crazy how that works out. <laughs> right. And, it, and I think that is a big piece of it too, knowing that it's something that we, that we work on every single day, every single moment, you know, giving ourselves grace and permission to say, you know, this is not something that a 10 week program and you're done and it's great forever. It's something that we have to be intentional about every single day, just like you're putting on your clothes. It's just something that you do. What type of practices are we putting in place that are helping us become the best versions of ourselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people explain life as, um, as school basically and training. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot to that. I agree. And I'm, I'm very thankful that uh, we are forgiven and we have an opportunity to even try. Yes. So, yes. I, I, yeah, I think things are just from what I've experienced the last couple of years. I think, I think things are uh, a lot crazier, and I think there's a lot more out there than we can even begin to fathom. Absolutely, I'm with you on that. And I'm excited to continue life and then after that just go from there because I'm telling you what the relationship I have is just growing deeper and deeper and it's just getting me excited for completely everything so that's the joy that I'm that I'm talking about when I say it I love that it's awesome I love that yeah I mean if you if you can get to a point where God is showing up and you're noticing and he's real like here can you imagine after the fact? right i mean we get blown away by seeing a number or seeing something that happened or timelining up those divine appointments you know yes and then what happens when that's all you see mm-hmm. and the fallenness is, is gone and taken away it's it's exciting. <laughs> it's very. I just got chills <laughs> as you were saying that. It really, really is exciting. It's yeah. just in awe. And I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm. I'm all like fuzzy, good, feel good.
<laughs> well, I am so thankful for this opportunity and just thankful for what you're doing for so many in your community and the communities that we'll share this with. I think it's necessary. And you continue to keep going forward and walking into your call. So I'm Yeah, I'm I'm gonna plug you in my in my show notes for people that that are interested in what you do. So there will definitely be some links that they can follow. Yeah, I appreciate but that. Do you, have, do you have any final advice for my listeners? Just, I think as we were just kind of having this whole conversation today, it's just to knowing that if you're hearing this right now, it's no accident. None. It's not an accident that you stumbled upon this. You may be a frequent listener or just new uh, to Destiny's podcast. But if you're here, just know it's meant to be, you know, and just as you begin to assess and look at your life from where you've been, but where you are, but also where you want to go, knowing that there's nothing impossible. If you have a desire on the inside of you, do not allow that thing to, to die. Don't let it die. You know, continue to ask the questions. I, I know for me personally, like I said, growing up, I was always someone who asked a lot of questions. And I, and I know now that it's in the questions that we find the answers. So if you do have questions or you, and you are seeking, know that that's a good sign. Do not give up until you find something that resonates and feels good for you. Um, and it could be that one thing that your whole life you got, you know, put out of school for, or talked about for, made fun of for. It may be that thing there that you've been avoiding, ignoring because other people thought it was weird or never going to mount anything. It might be that thing that's going to set you free and help change somebody else's life for the better. You know, oh, yeah. it's it's probably that thing that is just unique, uniquely to you. Don't allow that to die. And so, again, I'm just thankful to be on your podcast. And if there's any way that I can help, um, TracyAustin.com. Those are the solutions that I have there. T-R-A-C-Y-A-L-S-T-O-N.com. And you'll get linked to me and also my companies. And I just I say, go forward. Just seek joy, seek your joy, seek your happiness, and everything else will follow. All right. Well, in closing, thank you so much for uh, coming on here. And um, I really appreciate the time and what you had to say. And I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of stuff out of it. So I'm super excited to get to work on the editing and get it up so should be up this week so cool <laughs> thank you all right well i, I think uh no did i stop